Well, we've discovered that, uh, that normal isn't working. Normal is stressed out. Normal is overwhelmed. Paycheck to paycheck. Broke. Uh, normal is divorced. If you don't get divorced, sometimes people just, we're going to stay together for the kids. Uh, normal is having the pursuit of stuff because, after all, we all know the one with the most toys wins. That is kind of the normal mindset. But we started looking at the teachings of Jesus, and, and he said that there were two roads. And so when we started looking at those two roads, he talked about one is broad, many travel that road, and that leads to destruction. The other is narrow, and few travel it, but that leads to life. So if you have your Bibles, you can look at Matthew seven thirteen through 14. Matthew chapter 7, 13 through 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Now, I put right underneath this, I'm going to read you the New Living Translation. I just read New King James. New Living says this, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. I want those verses just to kind of sink in for just a second. But we found out in this whole course of this series, there's been people that are brave enough to say, I'm going to jump off that broad road. I'm going to go to the narrow road and take what Jesus is teaching seriously. And we found out this. People make fun of us or call us names when we begin to to do the things that God wants us to do because that's weird. And we found out this, we're okay with that. You want to call me weird for God? You're going to compare me with that? I'm good with that. We found out we're comfortable with that. That's okay because normal isn't working. Our, our thought, we've, we've continued through this whole series. If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. If you want what few people have, do what few people do. Today we're going to look at a couple different points. So if you're taking notes, there's really only two points today. But we're going to talk about man's normal attempt to reach God. And we're also going to look at, uh, to make it balanced, a weird view of God's way to reach man compared to what man would think. It's not really weird, it's just in man's idea. So here's the normal view and our first point for this morning. Religion, man's normal attempt to reach God. Religion, man's normal attempt to reach God. Any religion you can think of, everyone that I can think of, maybe you can think of, it has its own set of external rules, man-made rules that try to please God. Here's what you have to do. Here's the things that must be done. And they center all around works. You've got to do this. You must do that. You have to do these things. You have to perform this way. And you can make your own way to God. Some, some religions or cults will even say that you could be a God. But they're all about man-made rules. If I, you know, I, we've heard this, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't chew, and I don't go out with girls that do. Um, that was when I was in school, and I guess they still say that now. Maybe they don't, but um, therefore I must be right with God because we, if I don't do this and I don't do that, I have to be right with God because I'm not doing these things. Or they pray this way, I go to church on this day, I was baptized this way, I dress this way, I don't go and see these types of movies, I don't do this, I don't do that. All can be good. I mean, there are things now you got to understand. It doesn't mean uh, that the things that you don't do or do, they can be, you know, there's bad things to not do. But if we base everything on what we do or do not do for what we are believing to get close to the Lord, we get ourselves out of balance. There are things that you shouldn't do. But that is not the basis of what we're going to talk about. Religion says 
if you don't do this or you do do this, then that is what makes that connection. Are you with me? Because it is based on what you do or do not do. Are we on the same page? We need to get that because we need to understand in religion, it's all about that. It's all about works. It's all about what I did or what I don't do or what, you know, all of that. So it's externally focused. If we behave the right way, we might please God. When Jesus came on the scene, he dealt with the very religious group called the Pharisees. And I think you've heard of those guys before. He told this story about a cup and he compared their lives with a cup. And he said, the outside of the cup looks pretty good. You, what you do in front of everybody looks pretty good. It's, it's okay. It's, you know, we can see that part. But the inside of the cup, what, what people do not see is nasty. It's dirty. It doesn't look good. So it, it is, religion is based a lot on external. It's just a based on appearance of what we do or don't do and, and all of that. And Jesus is he's just calling a spade a spade, basically. This is what it is. Isaiah 29, 13 says, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of man. I'm going to again go to the New Living just so that you kind of get a little more glimpse of what it's saying. Same verse. And so the Lord says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but a man-made rules learned by rote. Basically, that's, that just means it's just dictated here. It's over and boom, there it is. So if we're really honest, there might be people today, the only reason you're here today is you got drug here today. You're going to church. Or I'm only here for so-and-so because I have to go to church. I need to be at church because if I don't, I'll be in trouble or that kind of thing. We got to be careful. You see, it's going to be a little bit quiet in here because I'm going to step. I'm not trying to step on toes, but I do. uh, And I I need you to know I'm not trying to do it to hurt you. I'm trying to do it to help us. And I'm not just trying to. I mean, I have to live by this as well. So we just need to understand. We're going to believe that there's going to be changed hearts before we're through today we're not trying to please somebody else we'll talk about that in a second religion always leads to one of two destinations the first one is it leads to pride the second one it leads to despair we all know very prideful people holier than thou if we could be honest we'd probably call them jerks Uh, raise your hand if you know somebody like i said don't point just raise your hand I'm right, you're wrong, I'm never wrong. I thought I was once, but I was mistaken. They're so full of themselves, you know, they can't see the forest through the trees. They, they just, it's all about me, 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 me. Always remember this, it's not the whistle that pulls the train, it just makes noise. Jesus talked about Pharisees in Luke 18, and he goes into the temple, and, and they're so full of pride, he, you know, they prayed about themselves. Now, check this out. This is how they prayed. Oh, God, and remember, they beat their chest just thank you and they would talk and you ever have anybody pray that they just aren't real oh father god thou art god the father the creator of heaven and earth and i come to thee thou art here that's what i'm saying (laughs) beating their chest and oh bless me god i'm not like these sinners over here but i am you know and they just go on and on she's helping Jesus said he missed the mark, and because the very ones the Pharisees were praying against were the ones that were getting it right, the people that were humble. 
How about despair? Some are not prideful, but they're in despair. They feel like I'm not good enough. God will do everything for some, but not for me. They're religious. They can get it right, but I, I can't seem to get it right. I can't even make it to church more than two weeks in a row. God, what's the matter with me? I'm not supposed to cuss, but every time I play golf, whoop, there it is. I better quit playing golf. Maybe, you know, you'd say, like, I would rather go to the dentist than go to a prayer meeting. You've tried to pray. Dear God, give us this day our daily bread. Bread, we need bread. We got to go to Walmart. We got to get bread. And you can't even keep your mind focused. And you're like, Lord, I can't even focus for 10 seconds. I heard a story of a guy that finally went to church. He did the church thing. Stood up, sit down. Stand up, sit back down, sing hymns. Only verses 1, 2, and 4, never 3, nobody knows why. Pastor gave an assignment. He said, read the 17th chapter of Mark. When we come back, we'll talk about it next week. 17th chapter of Mark, and we'll do it next week. And so the guy forgot to do it, but he decided, hey, you know what? I'm I'm going back to church, and he goes back to church, and he goes the next week, and the pastor said, I just want to know how many here read your assignment mark 17 and without even thinking this dude raises his hand i did so he's lying now he never read he didn't even crack open the bible he knew, yep and he said three other people in the whole church raised their hand and the pastor said that's great he said we're gonna we're gonna study that passage now so get your bibles and turn to mark 17 the man picks the pew bible out Opens it up. Mark, where's Mark? Uh, Matthew, Mark. Mark, Mark, I found it. I found it. I found it. Uh, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 16, 16. There is no 17. There was no Mark 17. Cuss word. The pastor then said before the whole church today, our message is on lying. Let's pray. That's what religion does. It puffs you up and then whammo lets you right back down. Smacks you down before you can ever measure up. Man's normal approach to God is religion. It's all based on external. It's all based on that. Religion is man's way to reach God. But here comes point number two. And it's going to seem kind of weird, but number two is Jesus is God's weird's way. God's weird's God's weird way to reach man. Jesus is God's weird way to reach man. Paul contrasts religion and something revolutionary, relationship. And that's what we want to talk about on our second point today with Jesus Christ. Philippians 3, 4, and 6. Though I I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel tribe of benjamin a hebrew of the hebrews concerning the law a pharisee concerning zeal persecuting the church concerning the righteousness which is the law blameless this is paul given his resume this is what paul is saying good stock good steed good lad goodbye paul is saying hey i've got it all here's when i this is what happened you know and this is this is who i am and man i did this thing to the letter if we were putting in today's lingo, this is what Paul's saying. I was born a PK. I was raised in a Christian family, went to private school, graduated at the top of my class, only listened to K-Love, Christian radio, never secular music, baptized by Billy Graham in the Jordan River while the Pope was doing weird gestures with his hands. 
He is saying, I did it all, and you can't get more qualified than I am as far as religion goes. Then he says in verse 7, 8 of that same chapter, but what things were gained to me, these I've counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. What he's saying is all of that stuff, all of what I invested in, all of the work to say, look who I am, he counts it all as rubbish because he would trade it all for the relationship, not religion, for Jesus Christ. The Greek word for rubbish, you're going to wonder about this, but the Greek word for rubbish is this, scubula. And it means human or animal waste. That's nasty. I mean, Andy has a daycare center, and Maddie and Rihanna help her over there, and they probably have to deal with scubula on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're both shaking their yum. How was your job today, scubula? You know, I didn't have you shake hands and say that, did I? No, I did not. But the King James calls it dung. The English word for it is a bad word. Uh, and if you get my meaning, this will probably help you. There could be a bumper sticker that says scubula happens. I'm just saying. All of this is outward religion, but it's still poo-poo. It's still scubula. Some may say, but well, I've got all this together, Brett. I've got all my religion in order, and, and, and I'm comfortable. And, you know, and I, I, this is the way we've done it for years. You have organized scubula. Some think that their pile's better than others. Their pile's nothing. Look at my pile over here. I like my pile. They have pride scubula. Maybe, well, we do it the best. I don't care what your church says. Our church is the best. Maybe your church is, you know, we could have Baptist scubula. We could have independent scubula, Pentecostal scubula. It doesn't matter. TLC pile, it's still scubula. Some make their own pile. They borrow from others what they like or what they don't like. They leave out what they don't like. They take what they like, just the good stuff, a little bit of new age, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Now you have your own religion, and all when it's said and done is still a pile of poo-poo. That's what religion is, our external attempt to please God. Paul says it's a pile. It's rubbish or scubula. That'll be the word that you'll remember today, probably. Be eating lunch saying, scubula. Paul goes on to say that he found Christ, and not through external law, but through faith and through a relationship. And it comes from God received by faith. You know, when you have a relationship that goes against the world, it goes against normal, you start making waves. When you start saying, you know, let me just pray for you, and God answers that prayer, and people go, how'd that happen? I don't get it. You didn't do what normal people do. Well, normal isn't working, but you have a relationship with Christ. You understand that God has a relationship with you, and you understand what covenant means. It's kind of like petting a cat backwards. He went on to say that the purpose of the rules would show you that you don't measure up, and you never will by doing them. If you just want to live by rules, you're, you're never going to measure up. There's always going to be a one time or another that you'll break the rules. We need that relationship. If you look at the Ten Commandments, have you ever broke any of the Ten Commandments? Ever put anything ahead of God? I have. Have you? Ever told a lie? I have. Have you? Ever stolen anything? I have. Have you? 
What does that make us? Lying, thieving, idolaters. Well, praise God, isn't that nice? I just come to church and it's wonderful what they call me. The law shows us that we can't do it alone. Many of us have head knowledge of the Bible. There's people that know a lot about the Bible. There's people that know more than, I don't know, there's no lot. That's great, but you've got to get it into a relationship. It's got to get into your heart. You have to live it. You can tell me about it, but you've got to live it. What is the true meaning? Religion says it's about you. It's all about you. I don't want to do that. I don't feel this. Relationship, God says it's about Christ. It's about him and him alone. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's weird. In other words, God is the first one to show. You want to talk about a giver? He is the king of giving. Jesus was God's tithe. I'm going to give you my first and only son. Boom. That's weird. Born of a virgin. The only time in history. That's weird. Why? I'm going to tell you. So he wouldn't inherit the sin nature of an earthly father. But instead the heavenly nature of his heavenly father. That's amazing. He would lead a sinless life. And when he was old enough, he started teaching some amazing stuff. Stuff that was weird. You want to be the greatest? Serve. Most important, to be the least. Want to be first? Be the last. That's weird. If you give, it'll be given unto you. Weird. If you want to gain your life, you're going to have to lose it. That's weird. Someone hits you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. Someone hurts you, bless them. If someone insults you, pray for them. If someone betrays you, forgive them. He says, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross and lay down your life. And follow me in a relationship. It's weird. Religious people despised him. They hated him. They wanted him to follow the rules, the man-made rules. You have to do this. You can't heal on Sunday. You can't cast that demon out. Not today. He did annoying things like, I'm going to do that anyway. They need free. I love them too much. You're not supposed to do that. He opened blind eyes. Made lame people walk, deaf people hear. He raised the dead. He hung out with people like you and people like me. Liars, cheaters, thieves. He hung out with people like us. Not the people that thought, man, we do it all right. Here, here, hang out with us. You should come to the temple and watch me work. He hung out with people like us. We didn't have any degrees. He would just look at him and say, Follow me. I need you. Come on. But Jesus, I, I didn't go to college for this. Come on. It'll be all right. And they would drop everything just to follow him. How weird is that? They're making a good living, and, and he just says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Follow me. The Bible says they just dropped their nets and went, okay. Something had to exchange. Something had to be there in the persona, in the eyes, in the relationship. Something had to be that magnetism that said, he's different. He's weird than these other guys. He's saying things. He's praying things. Things are happening. He died for us. That's weird because we didn't deserve it. 
He allowed the creation he made to kill him. Crucify him on a cross for the sins of the world. And then he prays the weirdest prayer ever. Father, forgive them for they don't even know what they're doing. He became our sin and took it away by his sacrifice. Our attempt to do this, the Bible says we are as filthy rags. When Jesus died and said it's finished, my friends, he meant it. And what we do today is we normalize it. Now, I want you to hear my heart. It becomes a cross on a, on a chain or a tattoo. And I'm not against crosses, chains, or tattoos, okay? What I'm saying is if we just do it, you know, people will, again, take a religion and say, are you a Christian? You see the cross? Just because you have a cross doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you have a tattoo doesn't make you a Christian. What I'm saying is we take something and then we naturalize it. We normalize it. We made jewelry out of it. The instrument of torture almost. But I get it if we're if we're looking at it for the right reason and we understand the relationship. We understand the why behind it. My point is this to many we just casually believe it. There'd be people if that had been an electric chair they'd have an electric chair on a chain. They're on a broad road because they don't understand the why. The deal is this, what he did, if you believe it, you can't stay casual. You can't stay casual. Religion says it's, it's all about what you do. It's all about what you do. God says it's about what Christ did for you. The Bible says that before you ever chose God, he chose you. He loves you before you would even, when we're unlovable, he loves us. When we were clear in sin before we ever even realized, he says, I'll take you. Religion says, if I work really hard, God might love me. God says, I already love you. I couldn't love you anymore. And if you could obey, just, you know, here's some of the things. <laughs> Rules are to help us. They're for protection. How many understand that? Doesn't mean that you can't live. It, it simply means that, you know, some things, if you have no rules, you don't live. And God wants you to live a good, good life. My friend, or friends, I guess I should say. I don't mind being called weird. If I really believe what Jesus did, and this is God's way to get to me was through relationship with his son. And I believe that my life is about to radically change. Then I'm not trying to work to get it. I've already got it. L let me say this and then I'm going to close. My children, if they are bad, they do something bad, I do not not love them. I have always loved them. I do not take away inheritance if they made a mistake. Does that make sense? It is already theirs because they are my blood. They are my covenant. They are my kids. Same it is with you. But you don't know what I've done. I don't have to know what you've done. I just know if you're in relationship, 
that can be covered by the blood. You can repent and that can get right. And you can go on and God can increase and help you abound in great things. That's weird. It is because we don't deserve it. But he loves you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?